If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Good morning. Welcome to Join Us. That's great. Coming to life from our studios in Kukumlimli. We are on DTT because we're free to wear. Coming up this morning, MPP flag bearer, Dr. Mama Dubaumia promises to scrap the e-levy and halt all charges on digital transactions if elected in the general elections later this year. my administration, there will be no taxes on digital payments. The e-levy will therefore be abolished. We have details of his first major policy address since becoming flag bearer of the NPP, in which he shifts his vision from the free SHS to jobs and wealth creation. We will now focus on jobs and wealth creation by the private sector for all Ghanaians. Also, a huge announcement by government as it suspends implementation of the 15% VAT on electricity for non-lifeline consumers. That though falls short of demands by organized labor who are preparing for a nationwide demonstration next week. In the last hour, Information Minister Kujo Ponkroma has been on the withdrawal of the taxes by government. My name is Aishi Ibrahim. Let's stay for details. The flag bearer of the new patriotic party, Dr. Mamadou Baumia, has promised to abolish the e-levy charges and all other charges on digital transactions if elected into power. The e-levy implemented in 2022 sees a 1.5% charge on electronic financial transactions. Delivering on his vision as a touch bearer for the NPP, Dr. Baumia explained he wants to make Ghana a cashless economy as soon as possible. So far, the Bank of Ghana has made a lot of progress in this direction by putting in place a lot of the systems and infrastructure required. These include mobile money interoperability, merchant interoperability, the universal QR code system, GH Link debit cards, e-switch, and Ghana pay. We have put in place the necessary infrastructure for Ghana to go cashless. Recently, the Bank of Ghana has completed a pilot of a digital version of the Ghana city in Sechiwiyoso. This is known as the Central Bank Digital Currency, or the ECD. The ECD is designed to work online and offline and will be launched by the Bank of Ghana in due course. In my humble opinion, the ECD, with appropriate privacy protections, will be the ultimate weapon in our fight against corruption, because it will provide transparency, reduce the risk of fraud, robbery, tax avoidance, and money laundering since it will be easy to track the movement of money and identify suspicious activity. The ECD will quicken the pace of Ghana's move towards a cashless or near-cashless society. Ladies and gentlemen, to move towards a cashless economy, however, 
we have to encourage the population to use electronic channels of payment. To accomplish this, under my administration, there will be no taxes on digital payments. The E-Levy will therefore be abolished. He also announced that government will shift from the free SHS policy to focus on jobs and wealth creation that will be spearheaded by the private sector. will reduce the fiscal burden on government by leveraging the private sector. Under the two-term administration of my boss, His Excellency Nanado Dankwa Kufuado's government, we have put in place many social safety nets like free SHS, free TVET, and so on. With all these social safety nets in place, my government will now focus on jobs and wealth creation by the private sector for all Ghanaians. Dr. Balmian is also promising to initiate a new flat tax regime for all small and medium enterprises across the country as a measure to expand the tax net to boost government's revenue. To start the new tax system on a clean slate, my government will provide a tax amnesty that is a complete exemption from payment of taxes for a specified period and waiving the interest and penalties up to a certain year to individuals and businesses for failures to file taxes in previous years so that everybody will start afresh. Digitalization will be implemented across all aspects of tax administration. Everyone will be required to file a very simple tax return electronically through their mobile phone or computer. There will be no manual or paper filing of taxes under my administration. Asabami also urged Ghanaians not to blame him for the current state of the country's economy because he was just a driver's mate, adding that if he is given the nod to be president, he will be in charge of the wheels and will make the situation better. Ladies and gentlemen, as, as vice president, I am like a driver's mate. But by the grace of God, if you make me the president, I will be in the driver's seat with constitutional... I will be in the driver's seat with constitutionally mandated authority to pursue my mission and my priorities. So what do I want to do in terms of vision and priorities and policies if you give me the opportunity by the grace of God to become President of the Republic of God. Ladies and gentlemen, in this regard, I have, been, I have been engaged in a lot of consultation and doing a lot of thinking in the last few months about the lessons of the last seven years as well as my vision and priorities as I seek to become President of the Republic of God. Clearly, the initial conditions that we inherited in 2017 are not the same as will be in 2025. Political science lecturer at the University of Ghana, Dr. Sassanti, says that is not enough to exonerate Dr. Balmia from the current situation. Uh, if you look at the fact that he talks about uh, the issue that he is um, a driver's mate, mm-hmm. Um, economic management team. He was there. Uh, the body was just an advisory body. Fine. Right. But if you give advice and advice doesn't work, do you continue to stay in the system that you think that this is the best advice I've given? I believe that you should be able to use it. If you don't use it, all right, and you stay in the system, what do you want to tell me about that? That is a question that remains unanswered. 
from the narrative. That's what I glean from that, right? So it's not enough to say that, yes, uh, we give advice. But if you give advice based on your conviction and the advice is not working, you vote with your feet. We recall when um, Mr. Kufo, uh, during the PNDC time, he was with the, uh, you know, the government and all that. At a point in time, they gave all manner of advice and he left the government. We have seen it many times. And of course, uh, this is not new in the Ghanaian political system. But you can also credit him uh, for some of the things that he said are new ideas. And uh, it tells you that you want to depart. I will uh, scrap the e levy. I will, you know, do some of the things which um, in your intro you mentioned that, that you do away. That has a clear departure from his boss, and that one too, I commend him for that. But there's one thing that was missing, mm-hmm. all right? You saw him attributing, continue to attribute or blame the government non-performance toward Russian-Ukraine war and all that. Yes, and co- and co- that is a fact. But what about the role of the government itself in some of these things? That was conspicuously missing. Is he telling us that the government itself did not have a hand in the economic malaise that we find ourselves in. Uh, that I struggle to really understand that. Let's have a conversation on the case being made by Dr. Baumia for president. I've been joined by Dr. Kobe Mensah, who is a political marketing strategist and senior lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. Later, I'll be joined by Francis Timoboy, who is also a tax consultant. Let me start with you, uh, Dr. Kobe Mensah, Prof. Kobe Mensah. What's your general assessment of uh, Dr. Baumia's speech yesterday? Thank you for having me. Uh, I think that um, my general assessment is that uh, he came out swinging, uh, trying to two things, uh, obviously excite his base and perhaps trying to persuade, you know, the Ghanaian people uh, why he should be accepted and which he actually said that, why he's the best for for presidency. Uh, But I think that he might have been successful in exciting the base but he failed to actually convince Ghanaians. Uh, if you look at Baumier's, you know, uh, criticisms uh, that has actually affected his brand, people continuously say that he hasn't been straightforward with Ghanaians uh, in respect to the promises that he gave Ghanaians in the leading to 2016 election. People have criticized him for staying quiet and not demonstrating a difference uh, between him, uh, his principles, and the things that he believes in, and that of the administration. Uh, He hadn't actually demonstrated that evidence. And people were sort of waiting to hear uh, policy choices that are realistic, that are actually reflective of the situation. They were looking forward to find a certain remorse, uh, demonstrating remorse, of how and what kind of thing, the kind of things that they've done to put Ghanaians through these difficulties. He failed to demonstrate all these. He failed to demonstrate policy credibility. He had been known to be flamboyant with respect to the policies. He's talking about fourth industrial you know, revolution. He's talking about AIs. He's talking about all these things. Everybody knows that these are the times that we're in. But look, the generality of the Ghanaian people uh, very rural. I mean, you do not go to talk about the AIs. You do not go to talk about uh, what we call a fourth industrial revolution. You're talking about trying to dismiss 24-hour and then would you undigitalize it? I thought he failed to sort of nail it. Look, if you take the business processes, you can see that five basic business processes that I know of, two of them you can only attack you know, uh, with, with digitalization. You cannot actually do distribution via e-commerce. You can pay via e-commerce. You can order via e-commerce. Would you be able to eat your restaurant food or your chop bar food via internet? You can't. And I thought that Baumia hasn't learned the lessons. He tried to be condescending to Ghanaians because he thought he perhaps has the solution. Of course you do. You're a gentleman, a fine gentleman, very brilliant guy. Do not be condescending that we do not understand the issues. And that's my problem. Because you cannot dismiss 24-hour and then inject digitalization 
I'm saying that we would say, hey, this is a brilliant idea. You're wrong. Because the, the woman or the farmer who's actually cutting the cassava from the, from the, uh, from the farm, perhaps if you have an e-commerce platform, someone who is actually doing the chop, chop bar can order the banche from the e-commerce platform. But the distribution has to be done by someone. So the 24-hour, if the driver will find it comfortable, safe to drive or to cut the cassava from the farmland to the, to the, to the chop bar, fantastic. Why don't you merge it? Why don't you triangle it? But then you, said, you, you tend to dismiss 24-hour and then inject in a digitalization. If you look at those of us who teach business, the supply chain and the value chain, a bit of it, you can actually execute with digitalization. Majority of it, you need a personal process. Let me t- give you a typical example as well. If you take a hotel, we have what we call information in the processing. You can order online. You can pay online. You can't sleep in e-commerce. You have to go to the hotel to sleep. How about that? So I think that he failed to demonstrate that he has changed from his flamboyancy. He has failed from being honest. And then, I mean, typical fashion, you know, taking glory for where you're not supposed to. You talk about a zipline as being number one in drones. Look, drones are used for places that you cannot access. It is something that is accessibility issue. So if you have communities that have medical facilities, you do not need drones. If you have communities that are more trouble, i.e. your fantastic road systems, you do not need roads. So if we're number one in drone usage, all right, you don't take pride in it because it's an intervention. Social intervention is not itself development. It is because the actual development is not there. That's why we say we're using this as social intervention, i.e. you're chalking it with this, so that when you have enough resources and you can build infrastructure, you can eliminate social intervention. So if you have chip compound, chip compound itself is not a development, it's a social intervention. When you now have resources, then you can put the actual structure as as a full-fledged medical facility in order that you can assess it. So if your country is heavily reliant on drones, it means that your country is not accessible. It doesn't mean that it's an achievement. Nobody goes around touting how good they are in attracting loans because loan itself is not a good thing. It means that you don't have money. You don't have your own resources. So if you inject loan into your business, which is you know, debt, cap, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, capital, capitalization, you don't go around touting yourself. And he doesn't make that known. He speaks to it as an achievement in order to deceive people that this is an achievement. It is not. I'm sorry. So I think that he, he failed to come clean and to actually convince some of us who have always said that he speaks flowery languages, but in natural fact, the substance is not there. And he failed to do that. In terms of branding, uh, Prof, uh, let's look at his posture, his style, his delivery, and the message itself, which you've spoken a bit about. Um, I mean, are you impressed in terms of what Dr. Balmier needs uh, for his branding, in terms of getting the buy-in of the electorate, and also getting the votes? Let me assess the branding from two perspectives. I mean, from the supply perspective, he completely departed from, you know, Akufuade's tradition. I mean, using the golden age, very much Kufuor, you know, using the private sector as an enabler, very much Kufuor. In fact, Kufuor actually even spoke longer than in team, who is, who is the party chairman. It indicated to me that he was trying to tie his April strengths strength to that of former President Kufuor, as opposed to Akufuado, and he came to light because he made a lot of references to Kufuado's age and departed from Akufuado. I would actually do the same if I was actually managing because this is a regime that people don't like, so you want to decouple. The only problem that the decoupling as a strategy was wrong in, by, the, by the fact that he sort of said that, yes, we implemented you know, E-Level, we implemented that, which majority of your own people have said that you are right in front and center of doing this. And then, of course, you come and say, I will swap it. It is almost like you, Aisha, telling your people that, look, or customers that, look, all the programming that I've been giving to you is crap. I don't, I don't think it's good. When I become the GM of Joy FM, I'm going to scrap them. How does that sound to your customers? It is very disingenuous. It is very uncredible. 
and then it sort of paints a picture that you're not loyal to the exactly the development of brand that you're actually looking at. So from the perspective of the supplier, yes, he, he tried to do this. From the customer, it sounds like a very disingenuous approach to do that because it doesn't bring the ethical issues. It, it, it doesn't bring the, 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 the credibility, you know, surface because you're selling us something that yourself, you know, deep down that is not good. And that is the challenge. I think that the strategist actually failed to do a good job in sort of decoupling from the current administration. Of course, if you look at his posture, he, he came out swinging, all right, that he has enormous tasks to demonstrate. Of course, the passion was there, the energy was there, which I liked it, but the content didn't actually fix the issues, the brand issues that he has. And I think these are, these are the limitations that I could actually gather from. I'm grateful for your time. Professor Kobe Mensah is political marketing strategist. He's a lecturer with the University of Ghana Business School. I have so on Francis Timoboy, who is a tax consultant. I'm grateful for your time as well. The last time we spoke, you were unhappy about the numerous taxes burdening Ghanaians. Dr. Baumia says he will scrap the e-levy. New flat tax regimes for all small and medium uh, enterprises. He will widen the tax base if given the nod. He's also announced a withdrawal of the controversial 15% VAT on electricity consumption. How do you react to Dr. Baumier's message? Thanks, Aisha. I, I, I think that on the tax fronts, um, he seems to have some fantastic ideas because um, he wants to emphasize on simplifying the tax compliance process and also, uh, you know, widen the tax base, something which has been with us since independence. Our tax base is very narrow, and so you realize that government continues to um, impose taxes which people cannot avoid, which is in the form of indirect taxes. And so, Ilevi, I'm happy because, I mean, you can't pursue digitalization whilst trying to impose um, levies on people who want to, you know, change behavior and go to that front. And for me, it looks like it confirms his earlier media engagement, which says that taxing the, the digital services was not the, the right thing. Again, emission tax, he says he's going to abolish it. I think it's also fantastic because you look at it from a policy perspective and it's like double taxation because currently we pay 10 pesos on, on every letter. So on the whole, some of his policies are good, just that I think that he needs to do more of engagement so that we can, you know, people can bring out the challenges. For example, the flat rates, fantastic. However, if you are not careful, you may, you know, bring some inequalities in there because if people are of the same income level and they are paying the same flat amount, um, that is fine. But where people have different income level, then you see that you are missing on some key component of tax system, which is ensuring equal equity. Tax amnesty, he mentioned that people are going to be forgiven of their sins so that they can start from a clean slate. I think it's good. However, um, overuse of a tax system or a tax amnesty is, is, is not the best because we just finished with one tax amnesty in 2021. So if you are saying that people are going to be forgiven, then everybody will sit and wait and see, oh, after all, if I don't you know, file, they, my sins are going to be forgiven and all the penalties and interests are going to be you know, a loss to the state. I think that the use of it should be, you know, measured with some level of, uh, you know, uh, uh, assurance. And then he, what, what I think is good is the digitization of the tax administration system. We are currently doing it. However, I believe that a lot more investment is required to be able to ensure that uh, the GRA is resourced. Again, he should make provision for people who cannot really jump onto the systems to start operating. We have a lot of informal sector people, market women, you don't expect them to, you know, go onto their mobile phone and start filing returns. We need to make room for those people as well. Dispute resolution, something which we have been calling for all these years, has been there and we don't do it. Currently, the tax system is so unfair. When you have disputes, it is so unfair to taxpayer. And so I think that he should speed up we currently have the law which talks about the independent tax appeals board. For so many years, we have not implemented it. So I think that if he brings in the, administra- uh, the arbitration process which he has recommended, that is very good for, for me. In all, the policies look good. However, the question is why haven't we done them over 
this how many years seven years looking at his position many people ask that you were part of the team so why couldn't you implement these things these are some of the questions that linger on our mind and as to whether you have the commitment to do them if he has the commitment fantastic broadening the tax base has been a challenge and i think that if he's able to do it it will be good the baseline is do you have the commitment to do that Francis Timoboy, I'm grateful for your time. He's tax consultant and he's asking if uh, it's something that we can put together. And he says that some of the um, uh, things that Baumia mentions are some things that he needs to consult again because that could create a uh, spell doom for our tax system. I've also been joined by Mutala Mohammed, who is a member of parliament for Tamale Central. He has some reactions. Grateful for your time, Mutala Mohammed. You've been uh, blaming Dr. Baumia over the period for our economic woes. Yesterday, the man says, listen, I am just a driver's mate, so don't blame me for your situation. That should settle the matter, right? I said, did you believe Dr. Baumia when he made that statement? I want you to sincerely tell me. Do you believe any statement that comes out of his mouth? I want you to answer me that question sincerely. <laughs> I don't think I, 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 my opinion matters here. You tell me. Understand? If you believed him, I believe you would have just answered yes. It's very clear. First and foremost, sincerity and candor matter so much in politics, and in fact, everything you do, honesty is very important. Doctor Bamia started his statement by lying. The first lie was that he said he solved Dumso. Actually, you know very well that Dumso was never solved by this government. And as a matter of fact, he himself admitted that, yes, if President Muhammad solved Dumso, must we give him credit for something he created? So that was an admission that they did nothing as far as Dumso is concerned. Before we went into the election 2016, we never had Dumso. So that was the first lie. The second lie, he said that they created jobs and reduced the unemployment. It is very clear that he was lying through his teeth. Before the NDC left office, unemployment was 6.8. When they took over today, unemployment is getting to 15%. And in fact, from the 6.8, it never came down when they took office. So for him to say that they, 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 they created jobs and reduced unemployment, that was another lie. Another lie he said was that they stabilized the economy. You know, and the city, they stabilized the city, stabilized the economy. It is very clear that he was lying because they took the city a little below four, four cities to a dollar. What is it now? So I think That's that, what he's trying to tell you, that he's not the finance minister. He only so gave I, advice. I, and if the advice was not taken, you can't blame him. Come to that. I'll come to that, Aisha. Dr. Bamia is now telling us that he cannot be a responsible president if you make a mistake and give him the mandate the responsibility of a vice president is clearly stated as far as the constitution of the republic is concerned dr bamia is now telling us that he indeed you know renege his responsibility and focus on it that's what he told us there is a minister responsible for it there's a minister is either the minister for communication or the minister for science and technology Dr. Bamia is telling that he left what he was supposed or mandated to do as a vice president and focus on IT. So clearly, if you give such a person the mandate, he would act such recklessly and irresponsibly. Another very important point which ought to be looked at, Dr. Bamia tried to anchor his entire speech on digitalization. Is that another point? Digitalization can never be achieved without an effective, efficient, you know, you know, you know, internet. What did this government do as far as internet is concerned? President Mahama indeed inaugurated a $38 million fiber optic backbone. It was done in whole. That created, provided over 800 kilometers, kilometers, internet connectivity between the north and the south. Every single thing Dr. Baumia attempted to justify that he has done could never have been done without this effective and efficient internet connectivity, which was done by President Mahama. Dr. Baumia also talked about paperlessness, and it ought to be made very clearly. I challenge him 
four, four months after they took over, when he said he has provided paperlessness at the port. And I remember at that time on Joy, the simple question I asked Dr. Bomier to tell us what he has done or his government has done as far as the paperlessness is concerned. I say you are aware that the paperlessness certainly could not have been achieved without the passage of the International Trade Facilitation Bill, which is now law. And before it was done, we incorporated all agencies that have the responsibility to work at the post for export and import, have them on a system that reduced the human-to-human -human interaction. It was left with just one agency when the NDC lost power in 2016. And within four months, Dr. Baumia lied to the people of this country that they brought about paperlessness. He did absolutely nothing. I had the privilege opportunity to have even moved the motion on the floor of Parliament for the passage of the International Trade Facilitation Bill. You remember, we brought in West Blue. What they did was that they threatened that woman and sold the very thing this Ghanaian woman was doing to Dubarian companies. Isn't it not interesting that Gabi is now a lawyer to West Blue? So it is important for us to look at it in that perspective. But let me just touch on some of the things he used to justify what he thinks that President Muhammad failed. He said that when they came, they inherited an economy that was terrible. Granted that the economy was terrible. Why did they go ahead to appoint 126 ministers? But if of course, that's what he's telling you, that if he's given the nod, he will reduce it to 50. In fact, that's even way below the number your flag bearer is giving us. Why should we, shouldn't we follow him? I just ask you, that do you believe any word that comes out of his mouth? And I'll give you a litany of examples where he lied to the people of this country and did the opposite. But let me look at the driver mate you know, analogy. If you are a driver mate of a driver who is driving recklessly, and that driver is reversing the vehicle, and you, you the, drive, the driver mate, is aware that there are children seated behind the vehicle, and you shout, driver, driver, there are children, and he refuses to listen to you, step on the children, and they all died. And then the next day he did say, if you are a responsible driver mate, what will you do? You will quit being a driver mate to such a reckless and irresponsible driver. Your refusal to quit and continue with that mess makes you not just an accomplice, but an active participant. Your refusal to quit does not only make you an accomplice, but an active participant. His Excellency the President told everybody in this country that he made Dr. Baumia the economic, you know, the vice president because of the economy, that he was a novice. He doesn't know anything about the economy. And he got the economic whiskey. His wife, by the way, described him as economic whiskey. It is proven that Dr. Baumia is nothing but economic poyoro. The president said that he appointed him because of the economy. He himself touted and boasted that as the chairman of the economic management team, that's with the absolute responsibility to manage an economy in which the president himself indicated that he was a novice. You cannot attempt to insulate yourself from the mess that is created. But you see, the attempt to run away from the mess created tells everybody that Dr. Baumia is admitting that this government failed. And no amount of perfume from Arabia can bath Dr. Baumia and wash him of the mess that is created. You were there. When he said that the team, the team, and mentioned the professors and the titles. Today, you took over a government from a economy you described as, as a moribund. When Esla was there, what happened to Esla? Stabilization Fund was there. Heritage Fund was also there. Ghana Infrastructure Investment Fund was there. Debt to GDP was a little, a little over 60%. Inflation was about 15%. Unemployment was 6.8%. Tell me one single economic indicator that this government has been able to do better than President Mohammed did. But you see, the list said about blaming the mess that is occasioned and created directly and consciously by this government to COVID and also Ukraine is the most insulting statement that has ever come from any person holding a high office in this country. Well, Ghana was not the... Actually, let me finish on this point. Okay. Ghana, was not the only Ghana was not the only country that was hit by COVID. Ghana was not. As a matter of fact, Ghana suffered the consequences of, 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 of COVID in terms of how we manage it than our neighbors. Nigeria, 
a little over 3,000 people lost their lives as a result of COVID. Juxtapose that against the population of Nigeria. And 1,454 1, lost their lives as a result of COVID. Now, if you look at the percentage-wise, many people died in Ghana than they died in Nigeria. Many people died in Ghana than they died in Africa, in Burkina, in, 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 in Liberia. But you see, in all this, none of our neighbors within the West African sub-region got $3 billion from the IMF in the name of COVID. As a matter of fact, Burkina got just $20 million. None of our neighbors got over 300 million euros from, the, Euro, from the, the European Union. None of our neighbors got over 300 million dollars from the World Bank. None of our neighbors dip their hands into their central bank to remove money in the name of COVID as we did. But you see, we spent more money in the name of COVID. We borrowed more money in the name of COVID. Yes, our economy is a disaster. As a matter of fact, before COVID, what was the position of our economy? What is the position of our economy now? And when we raised concerns about how they spend the money, they told us that they gave us free electricity and free water. Was that not what they told us? Right. So, so in, in essence, I, Dr. Valmia is saying that, yes, I mean, all of these happened, but I wasn't in charge of the wheels. So he says that we should give him the opportunity to uh, uh, take over or take uh, uh, charge of the affairs of this country. I think that as we enter into the elections and campaigns proper, we will put all of this into perspective. I want to thank you so much, Ibrahim Mutala Mohammed. He's MP for Tamale Central. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, flag bearer of the National Democratic Congress, John Mahama, says no member of the ruling NPP government can be exonerated from Ghana's present economic challenges. According to him, decisions taken collectively by cabinet has landed the country into the current situation already. The NDC flag bearer is sensing a deliberate attempt of Dr. Baumia to shy away from his role in the management of the economy. John Mahama says claims of some government officials that the opinions were not taken should not be entertained. The NDC flag bearer was speaking at a town hall meeting in Tamale as part of the building Ghana tour. Now all those who contributed to the mess are trying to run away as if they were not part of it. People have begun saying, oh, they were not in charge, they, they, they were not listening to them and all that. All of them, they inside. Jack Toronto and all his small brothers, all of them are part of the mess that we're going through. None of them can escape responsibility, none of them. Because they've all been a part of this. They all sat in cabinet together. They all took those decisions together. Anytime they were going to borrow from the uh, Eurobond market, they approved it in cabinet. They sat in cabinet and approved it. In six years, you went and borrowed $13.5 billion. And you did nothing with it. So today, you can't come and tell us you were not part of it. All of them are part of the mess in which we find ourselves. And guardians are going to send them packing for the hardship that they've inflicted on us, for the debt that they've swallowed us in, and they must go home and go and learn their lesson. NDC is coming back, winning this election, and we have the men and women that are going to restore this country's economic, economy and finances back to a, a, a healthy condition. Dr. Baumia yesterday announced the withdrawal of the controversial 15% VAT on electricity consumption. Organized labor has been fighting government over this with series of actions demanding that it's being withdrawn. I have been joined by Vice Chairman of the TUC, Ken Kodia, uh, for more on this. Mr. Kodia, thank you so much. Government has finally withdrawn the 15% VAT. Do you now have an official communication to this effect? Good morning and thank you, Aisha. Um, the the circular with all sides um, via social media stated a suspension. Uh, it didn't state withdrawal. But I can say that as such this morning, we are yet to receive an official letter from the Ministry of Finance uh, withdrawing um, um, their position. We are hopeful that before close of day today, maybe they will, they will release a letter to us. But as of now, uh, we don't have any such 
such confirmation. Um, will you accept the tax in any other form? No. Organized labor is very resolved that anything that will bring hardship or tend to affect the living condition of the worker or the Ghanaian populace in general, we will object it. And actually, let, let, me, let me say that it, it appears there are other conditionalities in the IMF document with, with Ghana that the Ministry of Finance must come clear on. What we just thought is just one of such. And it's important that government engages all the stakeholders and outline clearly other conditionalities in, in the document. So we all discuss it. This surprise approach by by bouncing one and then we react, then you, you withdraw and bounce another will not help us. But I, I'm I'm very clear and resolved that organized labor will resist any tax that will bring hardship to the Ghanaian worker. There are other other ways that government can raise money to to um, supplement the the budget, but not forms that will bring hardship to the poor worker. Are you going to continue with your plan in waiting for the official communication, or you're just going to cease fire because you've had this? Organized labor is likely to meet tomorrow if we receive a letter from the Ministry of Finance withdrawing the the fifteen percent. And until we receive that that letter, we are resolved on the path we want to take in the demonstration. Uh, like I said, I'm hoping that that letter will come today. But we are resolved. The, the appetite for, for strike is very ripe. And we don't want to go that path. We want to engage and resolve all the issues pending. But the way we, 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 we all cited this press release um, on social media, for us, is also not healthy. We have written that we want the, the, the rich to be, to be withdrawn. And it was just appropriate that the minister would have written to us to say that uh, based on this, want to now withdraw and engage. But like I said, I'm, I'm hoping that the focus of the uh, will get that letter from the ministry. But when that comes, we'll, we'll meet tomorrow and then we'll look at the way forward. Grateful for your time. Ken Kodia is vice chairman of the TUC. Information Minister Kojo Ponkroma, meanwhile, has been confirming the statement issued by the Finance Ministry on the withdrawal of the tax and has been outlining measures government intends to take based on the withdrawal of the taxes. Listen. If you read the Finance Ministry statement, it says in that same statement that they are suspending implementation and they are going to do some... Uh, further consultations and they expect that those consultations will yield other measures that they can achieve the same fiscal, uh, 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 may I say, program that they have put in place. So it's not a fair complete that they have suspended it and that's the end of the matter. They are going to have to find a way to answer that question. President Akufuado's government has to find a way to answer that question. And the finance minister, uh, uh, who is uh, responsible for fiscal policy, having put out that statement, even included that in the statement. Mm-hmm. All of us may give our pieces of advice that we think they should go that way or we think that should go that way. But when you become the flag bearer of the party, you also now have a responsibility to tell us that. So if you were constructing this fiscal program, how would you uh, construct it? And I think that that is quite clear. We may prefer views. He has preferred his views. But the decisions that have been made today have been made. What's alive on Joy News Desk? Let's take a break. When we return, we'll bring you more in business. Hello, good morning. Welcome to the business segment on Joy News Desk with me, Pius Kojo Baka. Ghana's agriculture is gradually adapting to technological changes. Some farmers in the northern part of Ghana are now purchasing fertilizer online in the comfort of their homes and farms. Here's more. The Yaira Connect, a digital app, aims at helping retailers offer farmers advice and to help them make input purchase decisions. The app, which is also a loyalty program for retailers, is for them to earn reward for purchases made on Yaira fertilizer products. Speaking at an event to reward retailers who had accumulated points using the app, Yara Sales Agronomist for the Eastern Corridor, Muhammad Abdul Rahman, said it was the first step to the company's digitalization drive. You know, this is just the first step 
doctors going fully digital in our business. You know, by scanning, certain basic data is guarded. And to do digitalization, as we always say, what we need is data. So this app is to enable us try something very basic to get data to understand the dynamics of where our products are reaching or spreading to. And by supporting, do it, by supporting us to do it, you, the retailers, start a chance of getting something in return. The Digital Value Chain Solutions Manager, Kwame Ochri, said Yara Connect has helped bridge the gap between the company and its retailers. Now, um, you realize that typically our engagement with the distribution chain is more close with the distributors. But then the retailers are the last mile to reach the farmers. And we wanted to improve that uh, connectivity. And so the app was launched not only to connect here to its retailers, but also to run a loyalty program for our retailers. The managing director for Yara Ghana Limited, Teresa Randolph, said, considering that the country is moving digital, there was the need for them to join the drive. Moving into a digitalization economy, Yara also felt it was important to strengthen the connection with last mile retailers in the distribution chain. And therefore, as a part of the digital value chain offerings, we introduced an application-based loyalty program, which we called Yara Connect, for our retailers. And at the same time, we also incentivize them to help to create loyalty to the Yara brand. This gave birth to what we call Yara Connect, which is the app available on the Apple and Google Play Store. And all our retailers were welcome to download this and use it to scan the QR codes that are on our Yara fertilizer bags and accumulate points so that they can gain rewards throughout the program. Anglo Gold Ashanti Obwasi Mine says it remains committed to uplifting educational standards within the catchment of operation to create a diversified pool of human resources that can sustain the gold mine. Here's a report. The Sarantu Basic School houses nine classrooms for both primary and junior high school, each equipped with teaching and learning materials. The facility, worth 4.8 million Ghana cities, is to elevate access to equitable and modern education. Emmanuel Bedu is Senior Manager, Community Relations Africa at Anglegold. We believe when our people are exposed to quality education, they have choices and they therefore move out of limited opportunities, uh, as we currently see. And we, Anglegold Ashanti, are looking forward to the day where Obuasi people will put themselves to apply for the senior management role in Anglogo Dashanti and not just only be looking at um, what we call casual employment. And we believe education paves the way for that opportunity to be realized. Basic education certificate examination pass rate in Obuasi has since 2020 improved from 84% to 93.4%. In its second year of implementation, the company's 10-year socio-economic development plan is seeking to improve educational successes in Obwasi. The Samsung Business School we commission and hand over today is one of the 10 business school infrastructure we seek to provide as part of our 10-year socio-economic development plan. And this in particular, the one in Samsung here, is intended to set the Samsung Business School up as a model school for effective teaching and learning. We have seen a steady improvement in BEC pass rates from around 84% to over 93% since 2020. Our focus currently is to support our stakeholders to improve the quality of the pass rates. The Sansu Basic School is one of the 10 schools expected to be built by the company within its host communities. Deputy Minister of Education, Reverend John Intim Fodjo, believes the establishment will transform the human resource in the mine's host communities. 
we are admonishing mining companies and oil companies to do is to partner Ministry of Education to ensure that real transformation takes place within the education around communities in their catchment. Because education is the most powerful weapon with which we will transform these, economy, these communities within the catchment areas. So a great deal of investment from, the, uh, from these multinational companies when it gets into education complements the already heavy investment government is putting into education. So we welcome this project, we are excited about this project and we want to deepen the partnership to see many more of these. For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel Brightquick. And that's it for business. I am Pius Kojo Baka. More after this break. There we go, though, in a, a heartwarming gesture of nostalgia and philanthropy, the 1981-year group of Zion College in Angloga has handed over a beautifully renovated one-story classroom block named Charity Block to the school. The Charity Block, which was in disrepair, has undergone a remarkable transformation. The project was initiated as part of the commitment to giving back to the alma mater and ensuring that future generations of students at Zion College have a conducive learning environment. However, there has been an appeal to old students and the general public to help with the serious infrastructure needs of the school. The small in this report. The charity block, which was in a state of dis- disrepair, has undergone a remarkable transformation. Thanks to the dedicated efforts of the 1981-year group, the project was initiated as part of the commitment to giving back to the alma mater and ensuring that future generations of students at Zion College and have a conducive learning environment. The short ceremony commenced with welcome remarks from the school's headmistress, Miss Nutifafa Ablan Kwaokume, who expressed gratitude to the 1981-year group for their selfless contribution, emphasizing the positive impact the renovated block would have on the academic experience of the students. She, however, called on all students of Zion College Angloga to come to the aid of the school to help solve some infrastructure issues as well as other important problems faced by the school which need urgent attention. With regards to infrastructure development, I suggested each year group adopts a project. Today's gathering is a result of the work of the 1981 group of past students, past students respond to such appeal that we made, I made about the development process and the infrastructure development of this noble institution. Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.